Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. And now, AJ and Chris Shepard. Hello, and welcome to the Westside Investors Network. This year, we're launching a new segment on the show, The Deal Deep Dive. These are mini episodes where our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've participated in. We will go deep on all aspects of the deal, from finding it to making the offer, due diligence, and more. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and further your investing journey. All right, and we are back with our deep deal dive section on the Westside Investors podcast. We have Paul Moore from Wellings Capital here today to talk about a very special deal. Paul, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. So, you know, when I was a kid, my mom always told me not to go to trailer parks. She said nothing good happens there. My mom and dad were amazing, but they both died almost broke. They were not investors. I mean, they invested in a few lottery tickets. Does that count? Anyway, but you know, honestly, I found out later what Robert Helms from (laughs) (laughs) right. So Robert Helms says from the Real Estate Guys Radio, he said, "Live where you want and invest where it makes sense." We found out that investing in mobile home parks was a fabulous opportunity. One of the reasons we love mobile home parks is that about 85 to 90% of the 43,000 parks in the U.S. are owned by mom and pop operators. There's nothing wrong with being a mom and pop operator, but it usually means they don't have the desire or the knowledge or the resources to make the improvements necessary to increase income and maximize the value for themselves and their investors. Let's face it, they don't have to because cap rates have shrunk by over double in some cases, meaning a 10% cap rate deal about eight years ago, like mobile home parks, would might now be trading at maybe a five cap. And so basically that's you know the dollar value per dollars of net income. That's the cap rate. And so, you know, at a 5% cap rate, these owners are already, you know, they've stayed mediocre in many cases, not all. In many cases, they're still mediocre. They haven't done all the heavy lifting necessary to increase the value of the asset. Yet, they've got in, they've left incredible meat on the bone for the buyer, and they are able to command top dollar. So, my business yeah, what partner an opportunity. and I, it really is. It's a wonderful opportunity. I call it intrinsic value extraction, and that's when an operator is able to see an asset, and they're able to see missing pieces or stuff that could be bolted onto it to dramatically increase the value. An obvious example that's real simple is in the self-storage realm, adding U-Haul. I mean, you can buy a self-storage asset, add U-Haul 
basically you sign an agreement with U-Haul company and they bring some U-Haul trucks and park them in front of your building. And then you have to manage it. Like you have to sweep them out and sign them out. But other than that, it's quite simple. There's no capital expenses and you can significantly increase your income and your value of the asset. That's intrinsic value extraction. Okay. Yeah. Because that value was already potentially there. The previous owner just didn't bother to take care of it. No, All right. Well, let's dive it. into our deal. So let's talk about how you found this particular mobile home park. Yeah. So we have an operating partner who has seven people working the phones full time and they're calling oh every mobile home park and self-storage deal that makes sense in their size range in the country about, I would say maybe up to four times a year. And so they're trying to stay top of mind with these owners. Well, they called a lady in Georgia who had not visited her mobile home park in at least five years. It was in Kentucky. And she had somebody who was paid very well, who was doing a great job running it, but they didn't have any incentive to improve it. So the costs were bloated. You know, the rent raises were infrequent, if ever. It was 25 to 35% below market rents. It had 50 vacant spaces. The water and sewer were paid by the owner. Now imagine on a 310 or 311 lot mobile home park, the owner eating all the water and sewer. I mean, for one thing, it's an environmental problem because (laughs) some people, (laughs) they leave the water running. I mean, it's true. But I mean, in addition to that, I mean, it's bad economically and it doesn't even make sense. It's not market. Okay. So he acquired this mobile home park for $7.1 million and no more than five days later, the same week that COVID wrecked the stock market, February 20th or so of 2020, he got an offer. He bought it for 7.1. That was about half debt, half equity. So let's say $3.6 million in equity, three and a half million debt. He got an offer a week later for $9.5 million. Oh my and I gosh. asked him, I'm like, hey, Matt, are you thinking maybe you should sell it and just have a million percent IRR or whatever? And he's like, no. He said, if I have five projected things I plan to do to improve this park. And I think that if I can do those five in the next three years, I can get up to about $13 million value. And so I'm thinking three and a half million or so in equity, you know, the value going up from about seven to about 13 million, that's a pretty good deal. So I'm really glad he held on to it. What he did is right away, he raised the rents, but he didn't raise them too much because mm-hmm. it's a mobile home park, right? Well, and even fifth- though they're... You probably had to get the 50 units rented out first before you start raising rents too much with everyone. Actually, let me come back to that, AJ. That's <laughs> a really good point. But he actually, he had, I should have said 50 vacant lots, uh-huh. 50 vacant lots. Okay. So the first thing he did is he went in and he said, Hey, tell us what's wrong with this part. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us about the deferred maintenance, like the potholes and the sidewalks with, you know, trees, roots growing up, popping them up and, you know, the crummy pool and clubhouse. We're going to fix everything beautifully. We're also going to raise your rent to about, you know, maybe halfway up to what 
the other properties around here are charging. So I'm just saying, for example, let's say that they were charging $250 a, a lot you know, per month. If the other properties in the area were $350 a month, he might have went halfway. So like from $250 up to $300. But there's no way he's going to raise the rents like 35%. In you know, in one day, that would probably make the newspapers. And people have done that, and they've actually, I think, regretted it when there was a rebellion. Mm. But if you think about it, unlike multifamily, the operators of mobile home parks partner with the tenants in the sense that the tenants own the mobile home typically, okay, and the operators own the dirt, so they're leasing dirt and infrastructure to these investors, I mean, to these tenants, excuse me. And so the first thing he did, yeah, homeowners. And think about it. If you raise their rent a reasonable amount, which again, he was still way below market. If you raise their rent, what are they going to do? Spend five or $6,000 to cart their mobile home down the street to pay $50 more a month? That doesn't make sense. And so again, as long as you're being fair, and I'm really big on this, I'm not trying to say gouge people. In fact, quite the contrary. But at any rate, he basically raised the rent, number one. Number two, he passed the utilities back to the tenants. The way he did that is he put a meter on each one of the tenants, you know, lots, and now the water and sewer is going to be paid by the tenants. Again, that's normal. That's market. So if they went anywhere else, they'd already be doing that and they would have been for years. Number three, he dramatically cut expenses. I think he cut expenses by about $60,000 a year by getting a more market level uh, salary on the manager, by getting maintenance under control, by doing some other things. So he cut expenses. And then the other thing that he might have done, and I honestly can't remember if he did this, but another thing that a lot of folks do is rent sheds to some of them rent sheds, some rent decks, some rent carports, but you can rent sheds. And it's a great deal for the tenant, but it's a great deal for the owner as well. I mean, if you can buy a thousand dollar shed and rent it to somebody for like $18 a month or $28 a month, whatever it was, I mean, the math works out great for the tenant, but it also works out great for the operator because you know of this value formula. Speaking of the value formula, We all know the value formula in commercial real estate, and that is value equals net operating income divided by cap rate. And so let's just assume a 5% cap rate here. And so somebody should grab their calculator and do some math here. But what he didn't do, I told you he did, like he had a goal of doing five things, I think. He did four. It's the four I mentioned. He didn't have time to start filling up those vacant lots because that's actually a lot of work. He projected he could do one a month for about 50 months. So in other words, about four years, he would be able to fill up every vacant lot. But for a lot of reasons that we don't have time for, that's a pretty heavy lift. So he added about $150,000 to the NOI by passing the utilities back to tenants. He added approximately $140,000 to the NOI, the net operating income by raising the rents. He added $60,000 to the net operating income by decreasing the cost of administration. And I'm not gonna add anything in for renting the sheds because I can't remember if he did that. Now, if you 
do the math, that's $350,000 he added to the NOI. At a 5% cap rate, that's, I did the math, sorry, $7 million added to the value of the property. He acquired it for $7 million. He just added $7 million, 7.1 is what he bought it for, to the value. But the bankers didn't get to share in this upside because the debt of $3.5 million, you know, the debt, they don't get any of that profit. Well, six months into owning this, and this was in August, during COVID, he got an offer from a larger national, you know, mobile home park operator for $14 million. And he said no. <laughs> he actually ended up getting $15 million for it. And we closed right before Christmas 2020, 10 months of total ownership, Three and a half million invested and total invested equity, maybe 3.6. And the total profit, the total equity taken out, I should say, was $10.5 million. So that was a 347% IRR. Is that normal? No, that's higher than normal. <laughs> but I'll tell you guys, <laughs> that's a home the run. process was totally normal. And I've seen so many deals that follow that same pattern. Yeah, And this is the power of investing in deals with intrinsic value, with value-add opportunity left on the bone. We love it. Our investors love it. I think your listeners will love to do that type of investment as well. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through off-site professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. That's our number one core value is to add value and can add value. So... That's cool. Um, the investing philosophy that you just shared is probably the most important philosophy when it comes to any type of real estate investment. So, yeah. Paul, that was hey, an incredible great, deal to share. Great deal to share. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. I learned a bunch about mobile homes too. Yeah. I'll tell you guys, mobile homes have been the number one worst investment other than that one lot I told you about before. They have been the number one worst investment I have ever made multiple times. But mobile home parks have been tied for the best investment I've ever made. I mean, you lease mobile homes out and you're going to be likely so sorry that you ever were born. But if you lease out dirt, you know, it's the mobile home park to the tenants, it is very, very high potential profit. And are you talking about like, so I've heard of mobile home parks that come with the mobile homes. Yeah. And right. I've heard of operators that will, it's super nice because those mobile homes actually count as depreciation when you buy the property. And Personal then, property, right? And then they turn it over to, they end up selling those mobile homes on maybe a contract or kind of like a rent to own basis to people that move yeah. into them. But yeah, what you're- no. Our operators do that. Yeah, that's just kind of like another strategy, but also gives but, you upfront depreciation that you would typically see in like a multifamily asset. But you were mentioning that leasing out of the actual mobile home, it can be pretty difficult. 
Oh my gosh. I've had four <laughs> of them. And the first one got towed off to the dump after two times of us doing a complete remodel in one year. The second one was an almost brand new double wide. And it was doing great for eight years on this rent to own thing. And then all of a sudden I heard from the owner and said, my boyfriend and I broke up and we subleased it to a section eight tenant. You should be getting payments from now on from them. Well, it was two and a half hours away. I drove down there and the place was like a war zone. I mean, I don't even know what happened. I know it involved alcohol or alcoholics, pets or multiple dogs, a baby or babies. I don't know what it was, but I mean, we had to haul that thing off to the dump. It was unfixable and they had only lived there a few months. Mm. Oh my gosh. All right. The third so one are I these did, in mobile home parks that you operate the fir- or the first one was in a park that this was like 20 years, literally no 18 years before I ever got into mobile home park investing. This was like, you know, another era of my life, but no, the mobile home parks are amazing. Again, if professionally run, but renting mobile homes can be very, very difficult rent to own. Like you mentioned that's not as bad because they've got a stake in it, especially if they put down a nice down payment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul. Well, Paul, thank, thank you, you so much. much. That was a great deal to talk about. A lot of fun for our listeners. So appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. It's really been an honor to be here. And if you want to end it there, we can, or we can talk a little bit more about tax benefits and mobile home parks. I'm game for yeah, you know, let's hear it. five or 10 minutes. <laughs> Do oh, I don't think it'll go that long. The biggest surprise ever with bonus depreciation has been mobile home parks. I mean, I'm thinking mobile home parks, they're just land. They're not depreciable. We all know that. Not true. Mobile home parks typically have about 25 to 35%, let's call it 30% value in the land itself, which is not depreciable. And even if they don't own the mobile homes, now to your point, they often do or they often own some of them. We typically see 20% owned by the park. Yeah. But even if they don't, the infrastructure and other stuff is typically a 15 to 18 year depreciation schedule, which can all be depreciated in one year under bonus depreciation. Oh, wow. Oh, seriously. So that's the section 179? It's that, and it's also the you know, December 2017 tax law that Congress and the previous president put in into effect, which allow the bonus depreciation. Imagine this. Let's say you've got a $10 million mobile home park at 60% leverage, or let's just say two-thirds leverage, so 66-ish mm-hmm. percent leverage. Four okay? million equity. Yeah. So four million in equity. Yeah, 4 million in equity, 6 million in debt. Now let's say that 10 million, you chop 30% off for the land value. Now you've got 7 million in value. If you can depreciate 90% of that 7 million or 6.3 million all in one year, you've got 4 million in and 6.3 million in paper losses year one, my friends. And that is the truth. And that's the amazing power of this bonus depreciation that we are so thankful for and it will be going away someday. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, if investors want to see that on paper proven, by the way, I've got a little two-page thing that shows this. They can get that by contacting us. A white paper. Yeah. All right. Well, Paul, do you want to give your contact info one more time? For yeah. This yeah, they can get information on investing in mobile home parks, self-storage, et cetera, at Wellings Capital. That's W-E-L-L-I-N-G-S, wellingscapital.com slash resources. Or they can email me at info at wellingscapital.com and we'll send them that little white paper. Awesome. Paul, fantastic pleasure. You are a wealth of information. We really appreciate you coming on and looking forward to chatting with you soon. Yeah, Good guys, stuff. it's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.